Hello, everybody, and welcome to G-Wiz, your family-friendly podcast where we discuss D&D Onslaught, Dice Masters, Heroclix, and the other entertaining games made by WizKids. I'm WizDad, that one rare figure you keep pulling that you now own, like, 20 of? Hi, it's me. Surely you're gonna find a way to play with 20 of me, right? I will be your guide for navigating the competitive and casual scenes of the WizKids Triforce of Gaming. It is Heroclix Friday. Today we are talking Notorious and Team Worlds uh, under the assumption that Notorious is going to be the, the sealed set for Team Worlds. Uh, we'll have more about that in a little bit. But before that, though, it is time for the WizKids Progress Report. Kowalski, Progress Report. We've got a few things to talk about in today's Progress Report. Uh, first off, if you haven't heard the news, Notorious, which we're going to talk about in the Fishing with WizDad, has been delayed for a couple weeks it's now september 27th currently on the solicits the batman robin iconics the one that batman slapping robin that one is still for september 20th but as far as notorious goes that is now september 27th which i believe is a week later than it was originally anticipated i'm hoping that means you know maybe they're saving some stock for worlds and that's why they had to delay another week Maybe not. I hope it doesn't impact Team Worlds. I hope we get an announcement sooner rather than later. Uh, like, you know, next week before Worlds. A week before Worlds would be nice to know. Because uh, they should have a reasonable assumption whether or not they're going to have Notorious. Uh, to piggyback off of that, let's talk a little bit about what's coming out the rest of the quarter. Just a reminder. Uh, the October is pretty packed. Uh, we've got the Death of Superman Iconics. We've got the Wheels of Vengeance sometime in October. Obviously, the closer it is to Halloween, the probably the better, uh, because it is kind of a creepy set. So uh, that that would be nice to have kind of a Halloween-themed, but not themed uh, set. Then we've got the Wakanda Forever organized play kit is in October. And then November, we've got no, no main sets, but we do have Iconics Hall of Armor, We've got the new starter sets. We have the Bag of Starro Fights. We've got the Spider-Verse organized play. We've got the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday calendar. And um, that's pretty much it. December, surprisingly, has the Royal Flush Gang Storyline OP kit. So I think that's interesting. Storyline OPs typically are in the summer. This one they slated more for December. Makes sense. There's not really a lot going on in the wintertime. So it makes sense that you would have your storyline op events in the in the winter makes a lot more sense and also this was announced just a couple days ago the whiz kids single single figure displays uh they they hyped them up last year i guess they talked about them where they're going to be these glass or plastic cases box cases that you can see it that you could put your uh, single hero clicks figures in to to display as opposed to as opposed to just having them all over the shelf, kind of like how I currently have mine. <laughs> so uh, that is supposed to be a three-pack is what it says. So that'll be interesting to see. We also got an announcement that sometime next week, next week meaning the week of the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, etc., that the next Scott Porter figure is supposed to be on the WizKid store and a restock of the previous Scott Porter figure. Uh, if you remember the, the black shirt... Scott Porter went on sale months ago and sold out very, very quickly. And now the new one 
is the power bob one that's supposed to come out in addition to the new wave so we did learn that the both scott porters will not be legal for worlds they will not be legal until october 7th which is absolutely the right call uh, that would have been terrible to just you know there's only a hundred of the ones we previously ordered out there uh, so a uh, smart decision by WizKids is all i have to say speaking of worlds though Let's go ahead and get into Fishing with WizDev, where we will start talking Notorious, which we're hoping is Team Worlds, and how you can prepare, prepare for it. Uh, that's how This is how I'm preparing for it, so uh, let's get to it. Get your gear, little man. We're going fishing. And I mean now. So I do want to preface this by saying that this is not going to be like a set review. Uh, I'm not reviewing, uh, I haven't actually decided if I'm going to be doing kind of my own set review. I typically do set reviews on the Clickstaff podcast from a competitive standpoint. So I might do kind of a more casual one here to talk about just generally good figures. But what I wanted to talk about today was really break down building for Team Worlds. Uh, taking a look at the figures that we know of. Obviously we don't know every figure in the set. They're still previewing some figures. Uh, so it's not at all encompassing. There's no guarantee we'll know everything by Worlds. Uh, hopefully we will, but my thought today is that I want to go through some of the key figures because how Team Worlds works, let, let's just start with there. If you've never done Team Worlds, uh, it's a format that has recently changed uh, as of last year. Essentially, it is you and two other players. You all buy in and you are given a brick. So just one whole brick. And you open a break and you have to build three teams, uh, three 300 point teams. Uh, you don't get to bring anything outside, outside of maps, but you don't get like location bonuses. You don't, and you can't, uh, I don't think you could duplicate the same map, but you might be able to. Uh, you can't bring any other figures. So like, even if you happen to have Notorious somehow, you can't like bring any of the, the any any outside figures whatsoever. And so it's just a sealed tournament. Um, it's a lot of fun. I, I tell everyone that even if you're not a hardcore player, you're not a meta player, you're not a uh, high competitive Heroclix player, you should still play in Team Worlds because everyone starts at the same footing. You don't have to worry about all the craziness. Kind of like with uh, with Pulp format now. Everyone, Everything's toned down and you've got what's in the set. Notorious does not have a lot of equipment. It doesn't have a lot of crazy terrain, any new mechanics. It's kind of just, well, it has some mechanics, but it isn't something that there's a lot of extra pieces. It's literally just figures. And it is a mega set, as they've said, one of the biggest sets we've had. So effectively, everyone gets the brick. You open it up. You build your best 300 point team. Uh, last year, I believe it was X of Swords, the, the main set. Uh, I unwisely built a team because we pulled every single one of the Danger Room figures. was a terrible idea. Did not do well whatsoever. Um, <laughs> because, uh, yeah, those, those were not good. There's a little bit of team building pressure. That's kind of the biggest pressure going into the event is how quickly can you put a team together. And not just one team, three teams. So I want to go through some of the figures we know. Some of the ones you should be looking out for. Uh, and, and let's talk through them. I'm going to start at the beginning, uh, uh, 001, and talk about, you know, what kind of teams you're going to be trying to base 
your figures, uh, your teams off of. Um, we start with Lex Luthor 001. He is a leadership piece, 50 points, six range is good. Uh, friendly characters that are adjacent or share a keyword with Lex have Superman enemy. Don't forget free action. If this is if this character is adjacent to a friendly character of lower points, I can use this team ability. It can use outwit until your next turn. So Lex, very solid 001 piece, especially for the leadership, especially for the sidestep range capabilities and dishing out outwit for your team. What you're looking for when building sealed is you're looking for all the support powers and making sure you have enough attackers to be able to handle some of the bigger teams. Because obviously everyone wants to pull a chase. There's only going to be one. Everyone wants to pull super rares, the good super rares. So there's only three teams on in your team worlds, right? Not everyone gets a super rare. Maybe. Maybe you do. But not everyone gets crazy good figures that's the i feel like where teams succeed in team worlds is building that third team that doesn't have the crazy good chase or crazy good super rare that's able to have a very well balanced team alex uh, is a very good start leadership is great he has a lot of keywords legion of doom metropolis orange lantern core armor herald scientists um speaking of keywords Trying to build theme could be very difficult, but that's usually where I start with building a, a theme team or a sealed team is looking at keywords and seeing if you could build a uh, a, 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 a theme team based off of the limited figures that you have. So uh, moving on to Superman. Uh, he brings to the table an 85 point and a 50 point line. Superman deals penetrating damage to characters that have the team ability chosen for JLA. Don't forget, in this set, JLA changes. It's now um, just like Avengers, where you choose a keyword and your character gets to do an additional one damage or uh, plus one attack for that keyword. Besides that, though, it's an okay dial. Uh, six range, running shot 11, 18, 3 at 85 points. 85 is a little pricey, uh, but dealing pen might be significant in this set. We'll see as we keep going. Um, I'm not sure if I play him at 50, just four clicks of invulnerability. Now, he is 12 for th uh, twelve for four. Potentially penetrating is huge. But, uh, you know, uh, we'll have to see. Uh, that one is a little tricky. He He's not exactly... If I'm keeping a mental image of what I got to work with, and sometimes, sometimes at 85 point, points work, there's been plenty of times when I have been uh, at Team Worlds building... I end up five or ten points under and so it's like hey 85 point superman will work for whatever keyword you end up pulling right you decide hey ruler is where i want to go and so you decide hey i'm going to play a superman in there at 85 instead of 50. I, if you got a superman i would lean more than 85 just because impervious is better empower is pretty good as well 50 for four clicks isn't great batman at 70 and 40 when Batman attacks, opposing characters that have the team ability chosen for J JLA can't use Shape Changer Super Senses. So we're getting to a theme with the JLA that, kind of like with Avengers, you might find yourself with Superman and Batman and wanting to kind of play off of their unique powers that deal with that. 70-point Batman isn't bad. That is seven clicks of toughness. He has enhancement. Uh and he's a charge piece so it's interesting that him and superman work pretty well together 
I don't know if I dare play them at like 90 points, 50 points Superman, 40 point Batman. But keep in mind with these commons and a brick, you're, you might be pulling two of those. Two or three Batman and two or three Superman. Hopefully not, but you might. Um, let's get into the interesting pieces that I really want to talk about. And this is the part that's really going to help determine your your playability. And that's the goons. That's the expendable goon. Let me explain how the expendable goon works. When expendable goon is a trait, there's a lot of figures that have this trait. When goon is KO'd by an opposing character, after resolution, she may roll a d6. And this is 004 goon. All of them have a different worded uh, goon power. Uh, so it's slightly different, but they all inherently do something very similar. Three through six generate a character with an expendable goon trait on its 15 point starting line adjacent to a friendly character. Now some of these, it's a four through six, most of them are four through six. I think goon g.o.o.n is different. It's a three through six and we'll get through some of the others, but essentially you're probably playing these figures at 15 points. They're probably going to slide in and fill in that last 15 that you need. Um, and uh, it's... I'm thinking in the wheelhouse that you really don't want to spread these out to all three teams if possible. Uh, you're most likely going to get multiple of them. And if you can, that's great. But you probably want to keep it to maybe two teams, maybe just one that has a lot of these goons because they are expendable and they're able to swap to the other expendable goons when they're taken out might not be a bad idea to kind of open your brick take a look at all the pieces and say where are all our goons let us lump those into us uh, see exactly how many we have i know i will be doing that straight off to say okay here's all the goons let's see what we have do we have enough for two teams i would say you probably want at least like six of them because you do want options. If you end up with five, that's probably okay. And say, okay, two teams can have goons if they fit. You know, sometimes it won't fit. They don't all share the same keywords. Uh, most of them have Brute, Arkham Asylum, Gotham City Underworld. So likely the person who's playing that type of team would probably be using them. Uh, but goons are very, very good for 15 points. And keep in mind, you shouldn't care that much about giving up 15 points because you're getting another one out there that is generating adjacent to a friendly character and then can do something. And you're likely also scoring 15 points because your opponent also has that figure, most likely. So it's that's one of the traits I'm most excited for when it comes to Team Worlds. I cannot wait to see how goons do. And we'll go through some of the other ones on here. Uh, but Goon, the first one, uh, the first one I mentioned. Once again, we're not playing any of these at 50. They're not good at 50. But at 15 points, this one's Plasticity, Poison, Willpower, Empower. So very, very good to be the brought-in piece where you roll your, your other Goon dies. You bring this one in adjacent to a friendly character, and then he could just... He's generated, so this goon could poison. He's a tie-up piece. He gives your your Batman power to punch. Very, very good for 15 points. Uh, hitting summit, let's go ahead and just go through the rest of the goons. We have the Gorilla, Gorilla City Warrior. Um, that one has Leap Climb, Super Strength, Invuln, and Close Combat, so 11 for 3. 
the the leap climb isn't great, obviously, so no move and attack. Now this one, if it's KO'd, you roll D6, 1 through 3, it generates a hindering terrain marker. Some of the other ones do something similar. 4 through 6, you can generate another expendable goon. So this one is okay it's probably one where you want to generate next to obviously an opponent because it has leap climb uh that's all it's got for movement power joker goon on the other hand you might lean into wanting to do that more it's flurry blades now it's only a six uh nine attack blades but to come in with a especially you have a perplex or something to be able to just pop in a Flurry Blades figure is pretty nice for 15 points. Uh, the, this Joker's Goon, it generates a Smoke Terrain on 1 through 3, but otherwise it's the same same exact trait. Then we've got the Polar Bear. The Polar Bear is arguably the one you want to start with. Uh, there's a couple others, maybe. The Polar Bear Goon, uh, or just the Polar Bear, has Charge, Quake, and Battle Fury. So it's got its own move and attack. That's really solid. Being able to quake. It's got dolphin also. So if you play the right map, make sure you bring a map with water because it'll be able to protect itself to get in position to do that little three movement charge. But once again, remember it's 15 points. Um, now for polar bear, one through three on the D6, it generates an ice blocking terrain marker in the score it last occupied. This game, remember this game, that marker has adjacent characters must roll for breakaway if they don't already need to. So that means that, that blocking terrain doesn't just go away when Polar Bear's gone. It's it's there for the game. Then you got Black Manta Goon. Uh, Black Manta Goon is a, uh, also a dolphin symbol. It's got Force Blast. It's got Quake. It's got Willpower Enhancement. Uh, you're probably not reaching for this if you can avoid it. If you're already playing a goon squad, you might want it. Just because you can... That enhancement is... Enhancement's always great. So you're going to want to have an, an enhancement handy. Uh, Riddler goon. I would say runner-up to the polar bear. Uh, oh, and real quick. Black Manta goon creates the water terrain from 1 to 3. I should have mentioned that. Same, same everything else. Riddler goon is a little different. When Riddler Goon is KO'd by an opposing character, one through three, you actually give the character who KO'd him an action token. That's big and, and sealed. Getting action tokens really slows a team down because most of the time they only have leadership. Not all of them have willpower. Um, I should... So it, it's good to be able to just give out a token. Potentially, if you don't give out a token, you're making another Goon. So one through six, either one is probably good. Uh, probably a good scenario. I should have mentioned Black Manta Goon does have team player. So it does have team player potential. Uh, that's what makes it a more interesting case where maybe you could play off of that Superman enemy team ability. But back to Riddler Goon, it has Underworld, which is great, sidestep, no attack power, super senses, and then close combat expert. So it's an 11 for 3 with a, a naked attack. That's okay. Underworld is good. It's probably not carrying more than two because uh, there's probably nothing under it. But hey, it could carry your Gotham City Underworld, your Brute, your Gotham City, your Arkham Asylum keyworded figures. It could at least carry one up there. So uh, I, I actually really like the Riddler Goon. I might like it a little bit better than the Polar Bear. 
Uh, next up is the White Rabbit Goon. This one is probably a better bring-in piece. Uh, White Rabbit Goon, one through, uh, if you're doing the roll, the D6 roll when it's KO'd, uh, one through three, place the char character who KO'd him up to two squares away from their current square. So a little board manipulation, that's nice. And then obviously four through six, create another goon. It has mind control, double target, 10 attack, 17 willpower, and then support. So White Rabbit Goon is definitely not in the wheelhouse of I want to play it right off. It is definitely one I want to bring in. Being able to generate while I'm around enemies, only a three range, but being able to potentially double target mind control or support, which support, really, really good. A lot of people sleep on support. I, I like that. Like, I like that a lot in, in Sealed. Uh, support is definitely one you should be looking at for, for Sealed if it's available don't reach for it by any means but if it's available it's available and that's that's all the goons we know of um we know all of the commons so i'm pretty sure that's it so you have i believe six options one two three four i, I did not yeah yeah that should be all of them uh one two three four five six seven seven goons so you could potentially pull all seven and you can weigh who wants what, who wants a polar bear, who wants a Riddler goon. It's going to be a lot of fun because I feel sealed is really great when you have commons you want to play, even if they're only 15 points. I also feel like the set really plays in the Gotham City Underworld, which makes sense because it's called Notorious. Kind of makes sense, right? So we'll talk about that a little bit. Before we do, let's talk about... Um, the next couple of figures on the set. Let's go back to 005. I skipped ahead because I wanted to talk goons. I wanted to go through most of the figures if I could. Manhunter at 30 points is interesting. 30 points for 5 clicks, running shot, 5 range, 10 attack, naked 10, but it's got RCE, so 11 for 3. During force construction for all characters with a trait for every 3 manhunters you paid, to add to your force, you may add 1 without paying its cost. They're still scored normally. Probably not happening in sealed. That would mean you'd have to have four of them. It's probably unlikely in one brick you're getting four of one common. It's, it's just pretty unlikely. But for 30 points, it is a very good piece for 11 for three with like, it's pretty decent, like hard to kill. So if you are playing an unthemed team, usually I find that you have two teams that can go theme, and the third one is kind of getting all the good pieces that couldn't fit on the theme. Manhunter is one to consider because of the point to health ratio. 30 points for five clicks is good. Like, that's a good ratio. And it's five pretty decent clicks. I would never play it in, in, in Constructed, but definitely interesting five range. Basically, he can hit half the board from the starting area with a five range three running three movement running shot up next we have the assassins and i want to take a second to talk about the target this is a trait that all the assassins have or most of the assassins have in the set and i think it is very very good in team worlds and in sealed like very good constructed probably a little harder to pull off the target at the beginning of the game for all friendly characters with this trait give a target token to an opposing character for all characters with this trait, when a friendly character with the assassin keyword 
KOs an opposing character with a target token, you score 25 victory points. That's in addition to the points you score normally for the target. Points, very important and sealed. Could very much determine whether or not you are, you know, making the cut or not. 25 points and sealed is very good. Especially when you're going to be scoring a, a potentially a lot of points with goons. 25 points is big. If you could build an assassin team, and now we'll see if there's any more assassin pieces besides these two assassins that make the team worthwhile. But it's something to note. 25 points, another trait for Court of Owls assassin is Blaze Claws Fangs, but only if the Court of Owls assassin occupies hindering terrain. Eh, okay. Now it only has stealth, precision strike, combat reflexes, shape change. It's not great. Not going to sugarcoat it. It's not great whatsoever. You're probably reaching for the next one, and you might have this one on your team. You might be building an assassin team and think, well, I got to play with this one. Probably. That's probably what you're thinking. The League Assassin is better. Same point cost, 25 points, same the target trait, but it actually has sidestep stealth, so it actually has some movement attack. It can also go through outdoor blocking, so that's good as well, and it has super senses. And it also has underworld team ability. So take that as you will. I'm interested to see how assassins work in this scenario, in this, in sealed uh we will see let's move on now to number 13 bizarro uh, bizarro has a 120 point click please whatever you do do not fall for that 120 point click just don't um when bizarro starts the game you may turn him to click nine if you do this game turn his dial in the direction of decreasing click numbers when he is damaged and in the direction of increasing click numbers when he is healed if he would be turned past his starting click ko him so it's a little confusing uh but at 60 points he starts on click five so i think click five is way better uh, i think because it's when you start the game you may turn him to click nine so you could reverse dial him click nine is four range of uh, eight movement 10 attack precision uh sorry let me back that up a second eight movement running uh eight movement running shot so a four movement running shot 10 attack penetrating psychic blast 17 impervious uh and then shape change for three damage that's okay five range that's fine i prefer the five click five which is a seven movement hypersonic super strength impervious and close combat expert so what, 12 for four? Uh, I prefer that way more if I was gonna play. Now I would never, once again, ever play him at 120. Uh, it's just not that great. Sure, you might be looking at click one saying, yeah, you know, 13 for five, but it, he doesn't have a movement attack. It's just flurry, super strength, toughness, close combat. So if you've got Bizarro, it's fine to try to fit him on a brute team. Uh, lean for 60 points and lean for click five. I would not try to do the inverse dial. That hypersonic is really good for 12 for four and an and invincible. Like that's super super solid. Solomon Grundy's interesting. Now there's a lot of brutes in this set. Solomon Grundy's another brute. It's 70 points, only six clicks. Return from sl uh, slaughter swamp free. If Solomon Grundy occupies water, heal him two clicks. It's a free action. 
He also has Solomon Grundy has Safeguard Outwit. Sweet. So he's got the Dolphin Symbol, Sidestep, Super Strength, and then he kind of goes back and forth between an 18 and a 17 Invincible. And then no damage power. Pretty okay. I mean, something that heals on its own. Maybe if you're going with the other figures I talked about with water, uh, which I believe was the Black Manta Goon, uh, and the um, the Polar Bear. Maybe there could be something there with a Brute Team, where Solomon Grundy's kind of your slow marauding figure that makes its way up there. He does have the Batman Enemy and the Injustice League team abilities, for what it's worth. Uh, I don't know if I'm necessarily reaching for Solomon Grundy, but he is interesting. And let's... Oh, my bad, my bad. I'm sure there's plenty of people that were saying, Wizdad, hold on, there's another Expendable Goon. There is! My bad, Quardian Thunderer. Totally forgot about you. Uh, Quardian Thunderer is probably another piece you might be reaching for. Uh, it starts on its 15 point with Sidestep, Pulse Wave, Willpower, and Shape Change. Pulse Wave's always good, a two-range Pulse Wave. Uh, which means you could not um, get out of the range. Uh, actually, I guess if you're being carried, uh, you could sidestep out and pulse wave. Not bad. I don't know if I start him because he doesn't have a kind of a defensive ability outside of willpower. Or shape change, I should say. Uh, but either way, when roll the d6, 1 through 3, you create a standard object. Which, once again, standard objects are good and sealed. They give you that extra damage. You don't have equipment to worry about. Standard objects are good. So Quarian Thunder is up there on my tier list. Maybe I'll make a tier list at some point of just the goons and talk about how I would play them. But my apologies, I miss the fact that we have a Quarian Th Thunderer who is also a goon. Scarecrow. I don't want to spend too much time on Scarecrow. He's interesting. I don't, 75 points, 7 clicks. Smoke Cloud is free but only generate 2 markers. If you weren't first player, generate 4. So you might, you might specifically build him on a non-themed team. When Scarecrow makes a close attack, opposing characters occupying his smoke markers are considered adjacent to him. So that kind of gives you a ranged mind control, because he does start with a 4 range, but a 6 movement... Or sorry, he, he has mind control top dial. But he only has Mastermind and Perplex. If you really need a Perplex, maybe he's okay. Um, but I don't know if I trust the Mastermind. I know you can Mastermind to a, a goon but 75 points is kind of pricey and when you get him down to click four it's a stealth blades yeah i'm not super sold but the ability to kind of lay out a, a smoke cloud with just two markers eh, i'm probably passing on scarecrow you've got omac at 25 points who's very interesting starts on click six which is his last click once that's interesting. Sorry, I've not looked at Omac before. Once per turn, when another friendly character, uh, when another friendly Omac is KO'd, after resolutions, you may heal Omac two clicks. Omac may heal past his starting line this way. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know how I feel about Omac. Twenty-five points is a lot for just a one-click figure, so I'm probably passing on omac yeah i'm I, I the fact that you have to lose other omacs in order to heal 
that that's a little spooky. I know it only has to happen once. You may heal past the starting line this way. Yeah, you're probably not reaching for OMAC. 25 points for just a, a plasticity piece is just not not very good. So OMAC is probably one that should just remain in the box. Not a uh, not a great option for your SEAL team. Now we get into the Riddler, number 20. 50 and 35 points. Adjacent friendly characters have safeguard opposing prob. If you weren't the first players, opposing characters within range have safeguard friendly prob. That's great. Outwit. When the Riddler uses it to... This is a damage power. Outwit. When the Riddler uses it to target an opposing character that was targeted by Perplex since your last turn, after resolutions, deal that character one damage. Okay. That's interesting. He does not have perplex let me make sure i'm not missing something with uh I'm, I'm on hc units let me make sure i'm not missing something here Tar that was targeted by perplex since your last turn that's interesting because if he had perplex i'd be game I know the Riddler goons get it, but they don't have it top dial. They have it kind of a little further down. Um, I was all set to say that Riddler is really good. You're probably still reaching for Riddler because he only has that damage power with the outwit on his top two clicks, which is if you play him at 50, or the last click on number 35. I think you still potentially play him on a team at 35 points, being your main outwit piece and to give you that kind of outwit, or sorry, that probability protection. But outside of that, he really does not give you much. You're probably not reaching for the Riddler. Now we get to the big piece. Uh, now, once again, we don't, at the time of this recording, we don't know number 21. Uh, so we know the names of the figures. We just don't know. It, it's a Grodd, for example, and I, I skipped over Omac Prime. We don't know the dials for those characters. So I'll just leave it at that. Up next is Black Hand. This is the first figure you might try to build a team around that isn't a super rare in a chase black hand at 115 very very good uh, he generates a grave marker if any characters were ko'd this turn generate two he has a special damage power which you don't get at top dial you get it at, at the 50 point perplex when black hand uses it he could target characters occupying or adjacent to any any friendly grave terrain marker regardless of range or range or line of fire now obviously black hand would be way better if you had necron uh you're probably playing him likely with necron because we'll get to necron in a, in a in just a bit i don't honestly know if you're reaching for him by himself like without a necron on there uh, it's not bad at 115 uh because he could see through stealth 11 for three isn't bad five range like none of that's bad I would not play him at 50 unless, well, 50 points for five clicks, stealth. He's got a TK and a perplex, and he could target anyone within grave, like, he could target anyone occupying or adjacent to a grave terrain marker. You might consider him at po both point values. 115 is probably too expensive. 50 is probably where you're going to be consistently playing him, uh, just because TK is very good in sealed. Like, just very, very good to have a TK out there. Up next, Light, Lightning Lord is interesting, I guess. Uh, 
he has three potential point values, which is good for team building to have options. Trait perplexed when Lightning Lord uses it. He may count scores of range and line of fire from friendly characters with the Legion of Supervillains keyword. If Lightning Lord is 100 points, he can use Perplex twice a turn. Another trait, if Lightning Lord is on a theme team, he when he uses the team player ability, he may instead choose a copyable team ability an opposing character can use. Probably not that relevant in the set, uh, simply because uh, there's a limited amount of team <laughs> uh, team abilities. Maybe it allows him to use like JLA or something like that. There is not a lot of like legion of supervillains in the set uh there's just looking briefly i mean you do have the superman and batman because believe it or not those are legion of supervillains and then you have lightning lord saturn queen and cosmic king uh you could potentially play a team and we'll get to the other two actually let's get to them now uh lightning lord saturn queen and cosmic king do have 100 point values is that a good matchup if you get lightning lord which is an uncommon and you happen to pull saturn queen and cosmic king which are two rares you might be tempted to do 100 points each let's take a deep dive now and say is that actually a good fit because as someone who got all, like i mentioned got all of the uh danger room constructs like all the danger room figures last year and they're like hey this makes a good team is this actually a good team so lightning lord like i said had to perplex in this case he would be able to use perplex twice and he could count squares from any of his teammates because we're building a legion of supervillains team his other trait we already talked about so he'd be able to copy from an opposing character at 100 points it's a eight speed running shot pulse wave 12 attack good 19 defense only willpower that stinks three damage enhancement so that's all okay willpower kind of stinks he has that for five clicks don't really want that for your for an hundred point figure saturn queen she has exactly what lightning lord does but for props she has prob and she can use it twice and she can also count squares from friendly characters with the legion of supervillains keyword she also has a trait or sorry a damage power of shape change when she uses and succeeds after resolution steal the attacker one penetrating she doesn't have a move and attack she has mind control double target precision strike super senses 19 that's good and then obviously the shape change i mentioned that's not bad she also has team player so so far yeah and then you've got cosmic king who does have leadership he also has the same power as the other two but it's for outwit instead of perplex and prop he has free uh, an attack power free choose a piece of blocking terrain within range and destroy it after resolution steal one penetrating damage to each opposing character that was adjacent to the destroyed terrain he has sidestep that attack power 12 attack 19 defense barrier and leadership so that's okay um right now i i will say point out blank do not fall for the trap of playing these three figures at 100 points each. That is not a good team. Your team will get blasted off. The 19 is going to be kind of hard to hit, but once they hit you, it you, you fall quickly because there's no reducers on that whatsoever. Now, 
if you were to try to build around Legion of Supervillains, once again, Batman, Superman, actually, to be perfectly honest, the team I might go for that is exactly 300 points is if you play Lightning Lord mid-dial at 70. So you lose two clicks, but the same powers. Actually, this, this is the same for all three of the Lightning Lord, Saturn Queen, and Cosmic King. You play those three, and then you can play Superman at low point at 50 and Batman at low point at 40. So you still got a Legion of Supervillains team. Five figures. You got the leadership with Cosmic King. You have some access to... Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Sidestep and Outwits, Perplex, Prob. Like you have all your support powers. No TK, but that's okay. Lightning Lord has the potential to copy... Um, Underworld, because you're probably fighting someone that has the team ability Underworld in this set. So he could potentially take that and then be able to choose... Once he takes it, the other two could take it. So that means he, they, he could carry Superman and Batman around. Superman and Batman help you get through a lot of powers. I, I actually really don't hate that team. And it's a team you very much could build in Sealed. is a Legion of Supervillains team with low point Superman, low point Batman mid-dial lightning lords saturn queen and cosmic king cosmic king would give you the barrier and leadership he would be a must at 70 lightning queen you can argue maybe played lower to save 30 points in case you want to take batman up to 70 because batman is better at 70 because a lightning lord hitting for four damage is better than three damage duh so yeah, if you pull those five figures, you get those two rares, specifically with a Lightning Lord and a Superman and Batman, I would absolutely immediately put those in a, a circle, put it off to the side, and see if any of your teammates are comfortable playing that type of team. It is one I would consider playing because it gives you every support power twice, like you would get Outwit twice, Prob twice, Perplex twice, not including the power of Superman and Batman. Like, that's... That's pretty, pretty good. Like, I would I would be happy with that in Sealed. Especially if I was the third team that didn't get a cool super rare or chase. Um, so let's get back to some of the other figures real quick. Uh, Cyborgman. I'm going to kind of breeze through these. Cyborgman is very good if you're playing Gotham City Underworld because he could carry six. Um, and he's your access to Perplex. 45 is a little expensive. But if you need a taxi and you're playing a lot of Gotham City Underworld, feel free to reach for him. Sinestro's not bad. Number 25, Sinestro. Not bad because he has the leadership. He gives Sinestro core uh, and Justice League, which that doesn't really matter. Uh, but he's not bad at 60 for five clicks. Um, if you really need a ranged attacker, he, he in general is just not bad. I, that's how I would say it. He's just not bad. Not great, but not bad. Brainiac at 26, team player. He also has leadership. When Brainiac uses it, friendly characters within range that share a keyword are considered adjacent. Five range, so kind of a rangy leadership. He's got outwit when he uses it to target a character that can use impervious and chooses a defense power. Modify the target's combat values by minus one. And that outwit is protected outwit. That is real good. So I would strongly consider playing Brainiac at 30 just to have that outwittable outwit and the leadership for that matter 
that is a really, really good 30 points to have access to outwit and leadership. It was 80, not so much, 50 points for four clicks, and it's a pulse wave with prop, sure, but I'm really playing Brainiac at 30. Gentleman Ghost, 50 points. Adjacent opposing characters can't use attack powers, okay, or the effective equipment, that part doesn't matter. Uh, phasing, blah, uh, you're probably not playing Gentleman Ghost at 50, to be honest. His dial is just not enough for sealed. Um, try not to, like, force him onto a team because you have him. Sometimes it's better to just go non-theme, especially with no theme team probs. It might be better just to go non-theme than playing a figure like this, to be honest. Number 28, Harley Quinn at 50 points. Great, uh, great uh, dial length for 50. We, we're talking seven clicks. When establishing theme teams, Harley could choose a character that shares a keyword with her, and they gain the Gotham City Underworld keyword. That is great, because she has a lot of keywords. She could get Batman on Gotham City Underworld if you really wanted to. She also has B BFF GFFs, and this kind of goes in hand with, uh, it's kind of like a pseudo retail. Make an attack targeting an opposing character that attacked Harley or another friendly character with Gotham City Underworld keyword since your last turn. When, when Poison Ivy attacks a character that damaged... I'd have to read and see if that actually is worded right. Um, either way, Harley at 50 for the point value is not bad, especially to bring a figure into a theme team is pretty good. It's Harley Quinn, not Poison Ivy, I see. When, a, a, when, when Harley attacks a character that damaged a friendly character named Poison Ivy since your last turn, you increase her attack and damage by one. She's also a leadership piece. She ignores characters. She doesn't have a movement attack. She only has leap climb, but that's okay. She is a deep dial, leadership, team player, Batman enemy. I mean, what more could you want? She helps you build theme, and she's got a retail. You're probably a pseudo retail. She doesn't zip across the board, but she can move over next to someone and free attack if they attacked your Gotham City Underworld. If you're building a Gotham City Underworld team and you have a Harley, I feel like you reach for, simply put. We're up to number 29, Mirror Master. This is, I know, pretty lengthy, but I'm also releasing this episode pretty late on Friday, so I apologize for that. So I'll go a little long, so you have plenty to listen to. Mirror Master's interesting, 55 points, a special defense power to his whole dial, super senses. When Mirror Master uses it and succeeds, you generate another Mirror Master on click seven, and that character's not scored when it's KO'd. When he uses Super Senses, increase the result by plus one if he's got more Mirror Master out there, basically. Uh, he's got a running shot, precision strike, that Super Senses. He moves through practically everything. Elevated, blocking, and characters. That's really good. Four range. Only does one damage, but he has enhancement. So he's one where if you're building a assassin, like he is an assassin... If you're building that kind of assassin team, he's not necessarily bad to have on there. Just because he gives you the enhancement. If they can't outwit him and they you hit your super senses, he can start kind of steamrolling a little bit. Because more Mirror Masters means more enhancements. So he's someone to consider but not reach for. Star Fights are interesting. Number 30. Uh, when an adjacent opposing character begins a move or is placed after resolutions, play Star Fight adjacent. They have mind control poison super senses and shape change 
if another friendly character has the cosmic or ruler keywords modify starfight's attack by one that's okay and then the other ones if there's a friendly character named star which there isn't i don't know if i'm reaching for star fights they can't be outwitted so they are hard to kill so if you're going for more point denial then perhaps because it's hard to get through unoutwittable super senses and shape change uh, dealing the poison and kind of following them is fine but you know you would be placing them adjacent so he can't exactly be poisoning but he could mind control so that's that's interesting what's also interesting is if he m gets up ne next to someone they m try to move away you follow you mind control you effectively kind of do what a star fight does and you mind control they move he follows because it isn't move with a big letters it's just anytime they move or is placed he follows so that's kind of cool uh you might build with that for sinestro core cosmic or something along those lines it's an interesting figure and then the last of the unresers captain cold one of the rogues uh leadership when he uses and succeeds this turn friendly characters automatically break away that's neat uh, he has a special attack power which is in cap and he does captain cold things 60 points 12 for th four because of rce but he's only got barrier i don't love it and i'm probably not reaching for captain cold we're getting into our rares now uh, rares is where we start losing a lot of figures that we're, we're just missing um, I'll try to mention ones that we that are there that we just don't know. We've got Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man's interesting. Free, roll a d6, turn Polka Dot Man to the resulting click numbers. Four is click one. Five is click five. Nine. Sorry, four is click one. Five is click five. Six is click nine. So if you roll one, two, three, he doesn't change to anything. Polka Dot Man does take a maximum of two damage from effects. When he is KO'd, after results, other friendly characters that have Suicide Squad keywords heal two clicks. Polka Dot Man is interesting. Unfortunately, his clicks don't do a ton. Uh, I believe you could choose any of his starting lines, so he might be good just to get, get the TK. Um, he has also the option of being a barrier piece. So if you're going against something that needs barrier, or you just need that TK, then he's solid for that. He might be your kind of key TK piece out there. Black Manta is up next. Uh, Black Manta is, I keep saying interesting for everything, but essentially they all are because it's a pretty cool set. Um, Black Manta, 90 points, 45 points. 45 points is kind of the, the nicer version. 90 points only gives you three more clicks. He has a unique modifier, a trait, free of Black Manta, occupies or is adjacent to water, roll D6, all friendly characters of a dolphin, modify the list of combat values matching the numbers on the D6 by plus one. So three through six is attack, five is damage, six is attack and damage. And then uh, the, his other trait deals with equipment, doesn't matter in this set. I would probably play him. I, if you can get him on a team, where he you need leadership then sure you'll play him at 90 otherwise the 45 point gives you perplex gives you the special attack power which is energy explosion precision strike knockback he's good on the dolphin teams like with solomon grundy and the black manta goons like that that's a probably a solid team being able to give solomon grundy some more attack and damage would be good considering solomon grundy i don't believe had an attack power so He's someone to keep in mind when you're building with that. I wish I could do this in a PowerPoint or like a crude paint drawing where I should 
put all the different tokens and be like, here's how I would divvy this out. Um, I might do something with, uh, that might be interesting to do as a video of, if I decide to do a video, if I have time, is to maybe do a video of where I say that our brick is the one that Scott Porter did. Look at all the figures that he pulled and then see how I would treat that as a team world. I might actually suggest that to click stop now that I think about it. But stay tuned for that. It's a cool idea. Up next is Deadshot. Uh, Deadshot 60 is a little overcosted. He does have a trait that's pretty neat. He has the target, so he might be good for your assassin team. If you're playing assassin team and you have him, he's probably the reason you would probably go with assassins. If you don't have him, you probably don't do the target thing. He has a 6 range dual target, 12 attack. Really, it's a 13 for 4 because of RCE. 60 points. He sees through everything but blocking. He does have one shot, one kill. Power action. Range 8. Make a range attack that deals penetrating damage, but only to target opposing characters with a target token regardless of line of fire. Dealing 3 damage that way is very, very good in sealed. Deadshot. If you have enough of the assassins, and you maybe have another piece that we're going to talk about, you might want to lean towards that. I, I could definitely see a piece. But once again, there's only a limited amount of uh, rares out there. I know that sounds silly for me to say, but it is true. Uh, now we know number 37. Like, we know the prime for number 37, because I skipped it, because that's next, is Raz Al Gould who has things to do with um actually i guess we know both of 37s let's talk about the prime first this this just came out today the prime has the demon sideline active other character other friendly characters with the assassin keyword modify attack plus one great another one when another friendly character named razal ghoul is ko'd you may generate razal good from your sideline on click five in a square the character less occupied if you do he until his next turn he has immune. He has a trait. Regeneration is free, but only if he occupies water terrain or a square on the map edge. He has his whole dial charge flurry sidestep. That's solid. Or that's super solid. He's only 40 points. That's great. His non-prime is arguably better. He has the target trait, like normal, but he actually is the one that leads the leader of the league. Another trait that says free if no opposing characters have a target token, give an opposing character a target token. So there's no range of line of fire, you just give another one. So he actually enables you to keep going with the targets. So combine that with Deadshot, you have an amazing team. Like him at 80 points. Uh, he also has, let me mention, uh, Mastermind Super Senses Toughness for a special defense power. Leadership Outwit for special damage power. If he succeeds with leadership, guess what? You make a League Assassin. So you kind of want to make sure you have a League Assassin. And he's got the Underworld team ability. He is definitely worth it to play on his own, especially if you have Deadshot. I don't know if I would play him on his own with just a couple League Assassins or Court of Owl Assassins. I feel like I would want Deadshot, but uh, that's, that's a tough one. That would be one where you want to discuss with your teammates a little bit more and just see if... You know, see if there's that's something someone would be comfortable playing with. As far as assassins go, like you still also have Black Manta that could be on there. 
Um, and you've got the next figure, which we'll talk about now, which is Lincoln March. Lincoln March also has the target. This is another rare. So you've got five decent rares, one's a prime, that are all good assassins. Um, the other ones is just the two generics and then Mirror Master, who you don't want to have to rely on. Lincoln Mark March has the target. He also has leadership, mastermind. He's the, basically think of him. He's the he's the Court of Owls leader, whereas Ra's al Ghul is the League of Assassins one. Leadership mastermind. He creates a Court of Owls assassin. He's got exploit, weakness, and outwit on click thirty. But you probably play him at eighty for the hypersonic blades exploit. Like I prefer that at eighty any day. So really, from these this little range of Black Manta, Deadshot, Ra's al Ghul, Lincoln March. If you get like two of those, you're probably gonna make a team. Like you're probably going to make a uh, an assassin team built around target. It really depends on how many you get, to be brutally honest. Uh, number 38 would be Amanda Waller. We don't have Mr. Freeze. He does things with blo ice blocking terrain. They fail to break away deal one penetrating. It's okay. He has an end cap where he uses it and after resolutions deal damage. Like he feels to me like one of those pieces where you're trying to build that kind of like mishmash team at the end. And you're like, hey, for 80 points, he's not bad for triple targeting cap outwit and he might deal damage, extra damage based off of action tokens. That's not bad. Uh, he's probably not one you build around, but he's not that bad. The one you potentially build around is Necron. That's who we're going to talk about next, number 44. Necron, if you have Black Hand and Necron, congrats. You're going to do great. Necron, he creates the Grave Markers. Uh, the key thing is Friendly Characters of Black Lantern Core keywords. Next to a Grave Marker or an in the Grave Marker square can heal past their starting click. So combine that with, uh, who was it? The White Rabbit Goon who could support just go non-theme for that that's incredibly good because they can heal past their starting line however if you get a necron at all consider yourself already to have a leg up he is one of the rares you want to have in this set even if you don't pull a chase he's still pretty good uh, ideally if you pull him and not black hand or a chase like any of the bl other black lanterns okay it might not be the best but even at 40 points he's not bad because uh, he can heal himself, right? Like, he has steel energy for closer range. So you could play him at 75 points. He can get to his what 125. You could play him at 40 and chance it and see if you could get him up to his 75-point click. Uh, he is very good that if you pull him, you're playing him. Just period. Just keep that in mind. If you see Necron, look at what he does. Make sure you understand his powers. And you're probably playing him. At worst case, he's a 40-point prop that could potentially be more. Poison Ivy, very, very good at, uh, as a rare because she generates bystanders. Bystanders are good. She generates a Thorn Vine that has Flurry. It's only an 8 attack, but it does, does have Batman Enemy, which, remember, Batman Enemy, when this character makes an attack, you may replace its attack value with a printed attack value of an adjacent friendly character that can use the team ability. Guess who also has that? Poison Ivy. So if she's next to the Vine... And the vine is making a close attack because it has flurry and exploit that could be up to an 11. Uh, she also has empower because why not and the first time she would be ko'd instead turn her to a click nine ko 
any number of thorn vine bystanders and you heal her that much so tag that into the free attacks she can make with the bff gffs poison ivy is another rare you want to see being able to generate generate bystanders to uh, i guess outnumber your opponent is great because she just does that for free she just generates one and it could stay there for however long right it isn't one of those has to stay within two so you pull her you're probably playing her like i would instantly say poison ivy necron those are two i want to build around black adam probably another one they've really really uh, hit the ground running with this black adam has a 200 point 100 point dial he's got when he uses mystics he also deals one penetrating to each opposing character within three squares of the attacker solid at 200 points i could see someone trying to make the 200 points work uh maybe him with a bunch of goons would be great because he does have a damage power on top dial and at 100 point invincible friendly characters within range and line of fire can use mastermind but only to choose black adam regardless of adjacency so scratch the goon part I was thinking of that backwards where he had mastermind um mastermind to black adam could be potentially great that would enable a lot of characters because he has invincible and he's got cosmic energy so he's not going to be outwitted uh, he is definitely someone you don't want to have to face uh 200 points he doesn't have like stop clicks or anything so it's not nutty but he hits hypersonic nine movement four range 12 for four but close combat expert so 13 for 5 at 200 points and 19 defense with invincible that that's good like that's that's really good and he's got a a mystics that's going to make you pay for it so he's another one of those rares that you probably say here buddy you can have the 200 point black adam what other 100 points do you want probably doesn't matter that much but here you go we're getting into the super rares now obviously we don't know all the super rares once again uh we're going to start with the joker 60 points Charge Plasticity, when an opposing character within range is not back after resolution, place Joker adjacent to that character. Cool. Um, that doesn't... Hold on. That doesn't work because he doesn't have a range. He has a four range. My bad. My apologies. The HE units has zero. He has a four range. Then he has a poison when the Joker uses it. Opposing characters occupy... Or when he uses it, characters... It, occupying or adjacent to any friendly smoke terrain markers within six are considered adjacent to them at the beginning of the game generate two smoke terrain markers in any square if you aren't for first player generate four and then he has blades claws if he uses it you can choose to either heal him half the result or place him two squares away he's okay at 60 point he's just okay he might be good if you have scarecrow because scarecrow puts out that free smoke so like if you have him and scarecrow that's 135 that actually might be a good version like the only time i play scarecrow is with this joker two-face is a little complicated to get into i don't know if i play the 50 point two-face without the prime but running shot dual target energy explosion esd prob for 50 points six clicks when two-face makes an attack with a single target instead of rolling 2d6 you may flip a coin the attack heads is a critical hit tails a critical miss if you want to gamble and you want to play a game and have some fun with that where everything's a critical hit sure 
play play it. He's a super rare. You could feel okay playing on a Gotham City Underworld team. Obviously, it'd be better if you had the Prime, but even if you didn't, uh, that what is interesting is you could also flip a coin, and if you roll a Tails, his other trait, free if Two-Face began the turn on your map, which if you only have him, he will, flip a coin heads, combat values plus one, Tails deal him one unavoidable. So if you have some Riddler uh, White Rabbit goons that can support him back up, hey, a Two-Face team might uh two-face might not be that bad to just keep th keep flipping coins and hopefully not dealing yourself to damage uh the prime i won't get into because it kind of tailors off of the other two-face the prime harley uh, sorry the super rare harley uh we just saw her the other day 65 25 is very interesting for gotham city underworld zombie hunting if you were the first player when an opposing character is damaged by friendly attack, after resolutions deal that character one unavoidable damage if they're not KO'd, heal them. So it's kind of a... We saw this trait before in Rebirth, where it was kind of a weird, like, oh, we're killing them, but they come back. Could be interesting. Um, I'm looking more of her at 25 points. She gives empower and support, so she'd be great for Two-Face. Uh... 65 points seems like a little much. She does get knockback, uh, special attack power, knockback, energy explosion. She deals penetrating damage to characters with monster keyword. Okay. I like her better at 25 just for the empowering support. And sidestep and, you know, she's got underworld. That's not bad. Like, she could carry some goons around. If you pull her, you're probably playing her in this set. Uh, we're, we're getting there. We're near the end, guys. Thank you for sticking around. We've got Poison Ivy, super rare. Uh... Poison Ivy's a victory point. Or I almost said mission point. She's not mission point. Let me read it. For all characters with this trait, when one or more opposing terrain markers are destroyed, after resolution score five victory points and generate a plant hindering terrain marker in a square of the destroyed terrain. If someone is in that square, they increase defense by two. Stealth, placidity, under movement power, which she only gets at 25. Friendly characters occupying are adjacent to one or more terrain markers generated by Poison Ivy. Modified defense by one. That's okay. And then in cap, when she uses it after resolution, steal each hit character with the monster keyword, three damage. And that's an attack power she only has at 65. She might be okay at 25 and sealed. I don't know if I'm playing her at 65. 25 gives you the stealth placidity. You're not really making terrain markers with her. Uh, because you're probably not destroying their terrain markers. They might have objects you could do that with. But she does have barrier, so that's something. And she has a poison exploit, but eh, I don't see playing her at 65. Uh, so King Shark and Camo, pretty much if you, if you get them, you're playing them. I, I'm not going into too much detail. King Shark very good at 115 in this format uh regeneration is free but only if king shark ko'd an opposing character destroyed an opposing terrain marker uh, if he's in water so bring a water map with you to the event because there's a lot of figures that could use water uh, a lot of figures camo creates a shark bystander which is great and it's at the beginning of your turn so it just keeps happening at max one but it's not one where it's once per game so, uh, Camo, you're playing him at 110. Like, 
some of these are kind of no-brainer. Frank the Plant isn't necessarily a no-brainer. 50 points, 5 clicks. He may be carried as if he was tiny. Frank the Plant may be given non-free actions after being carried. That's big. He has Blade's Claws, but only on click 2, which stinks, and he has a stop click. Uh, anytime he KOs someone, he goes back to click 1, so that's cool. But it only starts with 11 attack, smoke cloud, and an outwit for 2 damage, so he's probably not KOing too much. But he does have Batman Enemy, so that means he does work well with the Harley that creates, the rare Harley that creates the Thorn Vines, because he could go with them and give that 11 attack out, outwit, and allow those vines to do something. Toy Man is interesting, 60 points in power enhancement, um, it's okay, I probably, he's probably the super rare that's, eh, 5 range, ignores characters, he's got mind control, but he's only got masterminds. Once again, I don't know if there's a super rare you would not play if you pulled it. Two-Face, maybe. Maybe Joker. Kite Man. Even Kite Man's good. And we haven't seen all the super rares. I'll say that again. Kite, Toy Man is meh. Kite Man is great. Kite Man's amazing for 40 or 25 points. Uh, you probably can't play in Kite Man because he, he could potentially do a lot of damage if he moves in a direct path. So Gotham City Underworld, you're playing Kite Man. Golden Glider, Hypersonic, uh, moves through an opposing character. The character's attack is minus one. Golden Glider makes a close attack. She may choose to target all adjacent opposing characters. That's good and sealed. Blade Claws Fangs, but may use it if targeting multiple characters and roll a separate D6 for each hit character. That's great. What I don't love is that she only has ESD. She gets Super Senses later. So I'd be more inclined to play her at 30 because she still has that attack power on the top click. No hypersonic though, but that's okay. She at least gets super senses at that point, and if she succeeds, she gets an ice blocking marker. So that's that's good. I am not gonna go through the the. We know of three chases. I'm not gonna go through the chases because if you pull any of the chases, you're playing it. You'd be insane not to. The Black Lanterns, even if you don't pull Necron, are good. Even Aquaman that we know of is good. Uh, Superman the monster black lantern one and the deceased one both of them are incredibly good so there's really no point in going over the chases it's really about what you're building for the other two teams if you're fortunate enough to get a chase or a good prime you're going to be fine what do you do with those super rares and the rares what is that third team doing because you don't want to go in building two really strong teams and a very meh bad third team because you're going to have to rely on winning those two games with the good teams. And if you don't win one of those games and there's not a chance that third person is going to win, you're not going to succeed. It's all about building well-balanced teams as much as you can be. It's fine if someone's a little gets the super, the super rare that's incredibly strong. Um, another key thing, if you want to keep into it, and this is kind of wrapping up our, our episode for today... If you're, if you know your teammates well, it's also good to know their strengths and weaknesses. If someone feels pretty confident in a team, let them play that team. Even if it's something you kind of wanted to play, because it looks fun. If it's their strength, 
So if someone is a, a very aggressive player and the figures are aggressive, so like uh, the Harley thrown out bystanders, uh, Frank the Plant, or not Harley, I'm sorry, uh, Poison Ivy thrown out bystanders and Frank the Plant, so you can move across the board, throw out some bystanders and, and go to town. Let them do it. Play to each player's strengths. That doesn't mean, like, if it's your strength and you know you'll do well with it, have confidence in yourself and say, I want to pile this, pilot this team. Don't be afraid to speak up about it. Now, I will also mention with team building, because I, I emphasize, listen, if you're listening to this and you're going to Worlds, plan to play in Team Worlds. Uh, even if you're playing Onslaught or something, well, no, if you're playing Onslaught, go play in Onslaught. But if you're going to play Heroclix at all over the weekend, you're only going for singles, absolutely play in Team Worlds. Check out Facebook and see if you can find someone else to play with if you want to join a team. Team Worlds is by far an event that never disappoints. I always have a good time. Even if I pull poorly, I could just say, hey, we pulled poorly, so I did. <laughs> that's why we did bad. It, it's always a very good time. And um, I, I emphasize, find a team, talk to them about their strengths, set up in advance how you want to split up the figures. That's another thing people don't consider is, you know, you do get a brick. It isn't like they give you the brick and take it back. You do get the whole brick. So what I typically do is it's based off of win-loss record individually, and then it's based off of kind of points. So in this case, we won't have Notorious, so it's going to be a pre-release, kind of, if we, if we play it, obviously. So we do it off of that, and then we draft, kind of like it's a BR. So whoever did the best gets the best figure, obviously, so if you pulled a chase, they get a chase. Um... All of the figures are going to be worth something because the set doesn't come out till, like I said, the 27th, I believe I said. So that's how I do it. Other people don't, sometimes don't care. Um, just make sure you figure that out ahead of time. It would stink if you got some really good figures and at the end of it you're all like, uh, what do we do? Roll for it? Uh, rock, paper, scissors? Just try to come up with that plan in advance. Uh, try to practice with a there's not really a brick generator for this yet but like i mentioned doing look at what scott porter pulled like look at his brick he's the only brick we've seen and say hey what would i do with this brick what three teams would i make and if you want more help with that i think we might do that at some point and go over it and kind of talk about what figures we would build out of that brick but that's going to do it for this episode It's a lengthy one is an hour like I said, it's not really a set review of Notorious. It's more of how I would approach each figure, what different uh, groups I would do for each figure, like the Goons and the Assassins and Gotham City Underworld. And It's a very, very interesting set. It's a very big set. It's one where a lot of the rares are pretty good too. So it's definitely something to note uh, going into it. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of G-Wiz. Thank you guys for sticking around. Uh, next week will be our last Heroclix episode before Worlds. I, I might record an episode at Worlds on that Friday. Uh, I'm planning on doing, I'm working this weekend and next week on building a setup. I'm going to be recording at Worlds, I'm hoping. Onslaught, some of the Dice Masters tournament. I'd like to get some Heroclix recording. I know Dial H is doing a lot of the promotions for Heroclix, but I, I'm planning on being there and recording a lot 
and throwing that up on my WizDad Gaming YouTube and uh, other socials to kind of show everybody what the, each individual world is, even though Dice Masters is only there for our charity tournament. But thank you again for listening, and everybody, you know what? You have a great day and a great Labor Day weekend. See ya.